Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective Podcast. It's your host, J-Dub. I'm back. This is week 12 NFL Fantasy Musings, and I'll get to all the good content on the flip side as we get excited for Thanksgiving. Okay, be back. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Week 12 is what? is up food coma and pending maybe you're listening to this on thanksgiving maybe it's the day after thanksgiving maybe the day before i don't know it's dropping the day before but i love thanksgiving i mentioned this last week on the show so many great memories it was exciting actually i saw the randy moss story that i referenced last week on sunday i think i forget espn i think was doing it because randy moss is on their show he had three catches for a hundred and I think it was 56 yards and three touchdowns, two deep bombs and uh, one short pass. And there was a great interview with Jerry Jones, just talking about how he missed. He had said he wanted to take him. They passed and Randy came into Dallas as a rookie and lit it up. Minnesota won big. I think Randall Cunningham was MVP that year. That Minnesota team was really good, and they missed. Their kicker didn't miss a single kick all season long, and he missed the game, the NFC Championship game, to lose to the Falcons. The Falcons went on to play in the Super Bowl and subsequently lose. I think it was to Denver in John Elway's last season, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, what are the storylines this week? It's going to be short and sweet. I got three names to bring you and little stories between each First, Tom Brady. Why do retired players love to say that back in my day or Brady's version, which was the quality of play today is, I'm seeing a lot of mediocre play out there. Come on, that is so rich. He retired this year. Seriously, it's hard to take him. It's Dude, what's going on? He's learned, He's already learned some bad media habits. He's not even in the media yet. What he should have said is, can we put all this, this debate about Belichick or me to rest, it's clear we all know that it was me. And he'd have data on his side as well. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but Brady is now, I believe it's 82 and 99 in this week and maybe 100 without Tom Brady. So think about that. He's well under 500 without Tom Brady. And that includes, by the way, multiple seasons where he had the Brady roster and the Patriots kind of current incarnation, which was 2000 with Drew Bledsoe. And then 2008, when Matt Castle started 15 games after Brady tore his ACL. That year, Matt Castle went 9-5 and five in the games he started. Brady went 1-0. and um, So you could argue, hey, that's an example where if he had the right team in place, but without Brady, he could win. But I would argue he had a pretty good team right before Brady. That Cleveland team wasn't terrible. They ended up moving to, to Baltimore and actually were pretty good pretty quickly thereafter. So say what you want, but that's what Brady should have said. Next, Justin Jefferson. This made smaller waves, and probably only if you were on that, if you're a heavy X, aka Twitter user, you saw it. But Jay Jets, which is his screen name or whatever, his Addy at Twitter, again at X, whatever it's whatever you want to call it these days. He's created that he doesn't care about your fantasy team and he only cares about his health, which got me thinking about what that means and whether Jefferson is demonstrating a break in his commitment as a professional athlete where he gets paid millions of dollars. Look, I'll be the first one to say, I have him as an owner. I'm not mad that he's taking extra time, wants to make sure he's fully healthy. I'm not sliding into his DMs and criticizing him. And I actually reach reposted 
and liked or loved, whatever you want to call the, what Twitter does, Jay Jets post. But it got me thinking, like, his team is six and five. And actually, they've been better without him on the field this year. They're five and one without him, one and four with him. So maybe his impact is overstated. But obviously, shouldn't he play if he's, or look, I don't know if he should or shouldn't play if he's still injured. Obviously, he should be healthy. But aren't all players bumped and bruised by this point in the season? I, I don't know. I just, it seems to me like if he's 95%, I mean, maybe he's never going to be 100% the rest of this year. So you just don't play. I don't know. That seems like, uh, I know that if I'm, 85%. I'm going to my job. I'm not playing in my job. I got to be really sick or contagious and be impacting the team if I'm not going to play. So that's just me. Next one, Aaron Rodgers. He's saying he's two weeks away from practicing and he's targeting a mid-December return to the field. If he does actually play, well, that will be incredible. But is it the most incredible recovery ever? Maybe. Although I do want to highlight Jerry Rice in 1997, tore his ACL. Actually, I think he tore his ACL and maybe MCL in week one on a nasty horse collar tackle and an end around. Shouldn't have called that play. And then the horse collar obviously is now banned. But he returned a bit more than three months later to play in week 16. I was at this game, Monday night game versus Denver. He caught a touchdown pass, but he also cracked his kneecap. And if you go back and look at the, the reports, he talked about this in 2011 or 12 when Adrian Peterson was trying to return pretty quickly from an ACL, how he thought he returned too soon. It was bad for him. And he was calling out Adrian Peterson for probably, he shouldn't do this either. Would would Rogers return be more spectacular than that? Maybe, particularly if he returns before week 16. And he needs to show that he can be a competent contributor. But this would indeed be a remarkable achievement, particularly given Achilles, Achilles injuries actually are a little bit more, there's, there's a little bit more history of, they're not as common, but I think the the rehab is more consistent and it's not as long as an ACL typically takes. ACLs, they want seven, eight, nine months typically. So three or four months is insane, but still no one expected him back on the field this year. In fact, he probably shouldn't be back on the field, but more power to him if he wants to go out there. He is making millions of dollars. In fact, there's several millions a game. He's going to get paid no matter what, but he's a competitor, so I give him credit. Okay, last segment. I just want to highlight what players should we look to ride down the fantasy football stretch run. These are top players that have really good schedules. And not a lot. I've just got a couple names here. Just threw it out. I didn't spend a lot of time researching this, but did look at some of the schedules. First and foremost, I'll call it Dallas. They've got a sweet schedule the last three, four weeks of the season. They've got one tough matchup against Buffalo. Have one decent matchup, Philadelphia Eagles in particular, actually pretty good pass defense against uh, notwithstanding Monday where they really held down the uh, Chiefs, although the Chiefs have been subpar all year anyways. But then they play Miami and Detroit, which are hugely plus matchups. And Des Prescott has been dealing recently. And CeeDee Lamb, who's also, I'm going to call out wide receiver CeeDee Lamb, has emerged as a legitimate star wide receiver one, not just like a borderline wide receiver one, but like a top three or four guy. He's what Jefferson should be doing the last four weeks. He's been outstanding. He's got a really nice schedule within the season. Next, quarterback Kyler Murray. Again, not a QB1. You shouldn't be going out and trading for this guy and make him your star. But in a super flex league, really good. He's got a really nice matchup. He plays the 49ers in week 15, but he has big time plus matchups for Philly and Chicago during that period as well. And don't forget, Murray has played well versus the 49ers during his career. So while it's a tough matchup on paper, he could shock. In particular, his running really gives them fits, and he's 
they've, they've upset the Niners quite a bit in the last few years. Again, not a surefire QB1, but nice and super flex. Running back, Bijan Robinson. Not sure if he'll explode like he, but because he's a rookie, but he does play Carolina, Chicago, and Indy, which is a really nice three-game stretch during 14, or I think it's 15, 16, 17 weeks. So really like that. Receiver DK Metcalf. It's a little bit of a big mat, a bit of a mixed bag, but I pull him out here. He does play the Steelers, which on paper is actually good for him, but I just never like the Steelers fantasy players against Steelers. They just tough nose defense. They always find a way to keep the score down. So I don't love that. But he's got the Eagles, the six easiest for fantasy wide receivers, and the Titans, which is the 11th easiest. Really nice player there. If Geno Smith is healthy, Seattle's going to be in the playoff mix. They're going to be going all out. So good player there. So I got two receivers there, CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf. And then tight end, I got two tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Jake Ferguson. I already talked about the Cowboys. Ferguson's going to benefit from just really healthy passing matchups for Dak and the, the Dallas offense. And then Hawkinson is benefiting from Joshua Dobbs being tied up friendly and then matchups for Cincy and Detroit during that crucial playoff stretch. So I recommend all of those guys they, uh, if you want to try to optimize your team. Two other guys I'll throw out there. I'm not recommending these guys, but I'll throw them out there as running backs. Derrick Henry has a one of the easiest schedules among backs in the playoffs. He faces the Texans twice and the Seahawks, and he's absolutely just dominated Houston. I just don't know if you can count on him this year the Titans look like a completely different team. Uh, and Tajay Spears is getting a ton of touches. And then Najee Harris is mentioned because in, he's he scored uh, 14 plus in three of his last four games. He's also got favorable playoff slate facing, as I mentioned uh, before, he's got the Colts, Bengals, and he plays the Seahawks. So that's a really nice slate. But I just don't know. I, I, I would go Jalen Warren. But I would say both those guys are pretty interesting players to be thinking about. Anyhow, on that note, have a great Thanksgiving, an awesome week. I wish you all the best fantasy luck and just love family, friends, all of the goodness. On that note, have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Before we leave, let me tell you a little something. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. Uptown, funk you up. I said uptown.